It's time for WAKR's This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton, your home for copiers, printers, and supplies. This week, how new technology will enable the Ohio State Highway Patrol to more effectively assist local law enforcement agencies respond to critical incidents and violent crime statewide. Highway Patrol Aviation Commander Captain Justin Cromer says a nearly $6 million state grant will enable them to install downlink infrastructure on helicopters, airplanes, and communications towers around the state. And so what downlink is, is the process of taking video from the aircraft, transmitting it to ground-based receivers, and then pushing it out to units and commanders on the ground so that they can see live what the aircraft is seeing. So you see this quite a bit in like uh, news agencies, right, that are broadcasting from helicopters and you'll see the live feed from the helicopter. This is the same type of technology, but implemented in a secure encrypted network that law enforcement will have access to. This is used currently in Akron and Columbus is because we've been prototyping this. This is not a new system for us. Before we took the deep dive, if you will, we wanted to make sure that the system was going to work for us and work in Ohio. And at the time in 2019, when we first established the first site up around Akron, one of the hottest areas in the state that we were working quite frequently was the Cleveland area. And in order to capture the largest geographical area that the tower could handle, we decided upon the Akron area because that would encompass Cleveland all the way over to almost Youngstown and about anywhere between 50 and 70 mile range from the tower. And so each tower, that's kind of the expectation, 50 to 70 miles, depending on altitude of the aircraft, because it is a line of sight transmission. And and obviously the taller the tower, the better. That's how we, you know, looked at the state and we wanted to thoughtfully lay out what makes the most sense and geographically for each tower to cover the state. So this new project is going to involve nine towers that geographically will cover pretty much the entire state of Ohio. So... You know, you may be asking, well, why do you need that across the entire state of Ohio? And a lot of that comes down to the unknown. You never know when the next critical incident is going to happen or where it's going to happen. And part of what we've learned over the last few years in deploying aircraft to critical incidents or violent crime initiatives is that that resource is extremely valuable for commanders on the ground making real-time decisions. It provides situational awareness that no other platform really can. And a great recent example of this is the East Palestine train derailment. We were obviously dispatched to that and we were within range of that Akron Tower and able to send the video back so that incident commanders on the ground, anywhere with internet coverage, anywhere in the world could see what we were seeing. So, you know, that presents a lot of advantages. Not only does it give great situational awareness to those on the ground in East Palestine, but some of the decision makers that may be in Columbus or other areas of the state didn't need to respond right away to be able to put their own eyes on it. They could simply pull up an internet capable device, put in the correct credentials and be able to see what was going on from the bird's eye view. And so when you start looking at something like East Palestine and looking at the cloud plume and which way is it moving and how many cars are on fire and that provides some really good information for the decision makers. That's kind of on the critical incident side. What this actual fund is for is the violent crime fund, right? So the violent crime fund of Ohio is really geared toward helping all the local agencies fight violent crime in their communities. And you may be asking, well, why, how does that involve aviation? 
And as you're probably well aware, aviation is not an inexpensive asset. It is very expensive, right? And because of that, there are very, very few agencies in Ohio that have the capability of affording and supporting an aviation unit. Outside of the Columbus PD here in central Ohio, and you know, you've got some part-time units like Cleveland and Butler County down around the southwest side of the, the state. But outside of that, we support the majority of the state with our aerial assets. And we do this free of charge. We've been doing it like that since 1948 when we started. So no charge for any agency in the state to utilize our assets. All they have to do is pick up the phone and call and we'll respond and you know help them supplement their operations, whatever that looks like for them. We, you know, we try to provide an airframe that's adequate for what they're asking for, when they want it and how they want it. It's all kind of a la carte, if you will. We're not trying to overtake their operations. We simply want to supplement them if they want us. And the demand for our aircraft has risen drastically over the last few years. So aircraft in the use of violent crime suppression has, has taken off, pun intended, I guess, <laughs> literally for the last few years. We kind of worked some models in some of the bigger areas like Dayton, Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, Toledo, and they have seen the value in the fight against violent crime. From a really broad perspective, the aircraft, we always kind of hang our hat on three hooks. The aircraft is a big risk mitigator. The aircraft is a huge liability reducer, and it's a big force multiplier. And I'll kind of hit each of those areas. When we talk about risk mitigation, we all know that the violent crime is a high-risk operation no matter what, right? Officers are engaged in high-risk traffic stops that it's not uncommon for them to result into pursuits and things of that nature. We are able to mitigate pursuits very, very well, right? Because we can follow them and watch them from the air. We can disengage the ground units, thereby increasing the safety not only to the officers, but the general public. Generally, when officers are disengaged from fleeing suspects, they're not going to continue driving as fast, aggressive, as erratically as they were because they don't see the threat directly behind them. Their driving becomes a little bit better. And so uh, we're able to, to follow them to residences or areas that where we're able to conduct safe traffic stops or safe perimeter containment, whatever, to bring about a resolution to that. So that's the risk mitigation side. When we think about liability reduction, in our mind, that goes towards officer safety. We can greatly enhance the, the officer safety on the ground greatly reduce the risk to the officers involved if we have eyes overhead watching the incident unfold. And, and we see that a lot of times where violent crime is going to involve guns and knives and things that, that could potentially harm the officer. And we're able to see that, point that out and give those officers a heads up that they may be dealing with this and kind of you know provide some aerial views that is going to help them mitigate and reduce their risk to those violations. And then lastly, we talk about force multiplication. We ask the question, how many officers on the ground would it take to equal one set of eyes in the air? And depending on what you're looking at, sometimes that number is gigantic, right? Like we can bring our technology to an area. I'll use the example of maybe a missing kid that walked away from home and you know you have no idea which way they went and you're trying to survey large, large areas if you're doing that on the ground, that takes a very large amount of people in order to make that happen. With our aircraft and our cameras, we're able to cover large geographical areas very, very quickly. And so we feel like that brings not only manpower savings, but also time savings to the operation where we can clear large areas and let them focus on the areas that we can't clear, like inside of houses or under cars and things of that nature. But Generally, we can clear large areas very, very quickly. So those are the three areas that we kind of 
talk about. Are we only talking about manned aircraft or will some drones have this capability? What we're talking about with this project is manned aircraft or crewed aircraft only. That's what this project was kind of designed and created for. That's the asset that we routinely deploy throughout the state. The unmanned side is certainly gaining a lot of traction, but as of right now, there are some challenges and restrictions on the UAS side, the unmanned aerial systems. And some of those have to do with how long they're able to stay up, how far they're able to go, and how fast they're able to move. So when we talk about the violent crime initiatives, the UASs work well under static environments where things are not moving around quite a bit. But once you have a fleeing, I'll use the pursuit example again, a fleeing vehicle, there's no way the modern UASs that we routinely deploy are going to keep up with a vehicle like that. So that's where we're seeing we still need to use the manned aircraft for those kind of operations. I see, because I was thinking, for example, I know that this grant, you said it was mostly for the violent crime, and so I get that. But then you had also mentioned in terms of getting that eye in the sky, and if you had a child that ran away. And I, I know I had heard stories over the past year where some local police departments had deployed drones and missing persons cases, and actually to some pretty great effect, it actually kind of worked. So for that, they wouldn't need to be going fast, right? Correct. No, you're exactly right. And back to identifying the mission and the correct airframe for it. And even in the patrol, we have UASs that we deploy for those same reasons. And and yeah, we find absolutely they are effective. But for this particular project, the focus is on violent crime reduction. And we feel like we're best able to, to conquer that with crewed aircraft. The types of violent crime, are we talking drug running, guns, human trafficking, all that, is that kind of along those lines? Yeah, absolutely. It's all of the above. That varies quite a bit, right? Depending on the region and depending on the problem. So in Toledo, we've helped out on human trafficking issues. In Cleveland, we've helped out on drug and gun issues. In Dayton, we've helped out on pursuits and fleeing issues. So there's quite the array, but what we've found is that 99 times out of 100, we bring an increase in effectiveness to those operations by helping out. How soon will these local agencies be able to use this new technology to help them out with their crime reduction? We're kind of in a unique era coming out of COVID where lead times on equipment is still lagging behind, if you will. And so our goal is to have this infrastructure set up throughout the state by the end of this year. Uh, that would be ideal for us. There's two of the helicopters are going to need to be outfitted with the equipment on their end as well. And believe it or not, that process takes longer than the installation of the towers. So again, back to lead times. And we don't want to take both of our helicopters out of service at the same time. We would want to leave one in service while one's being worked on. So we anticipate that the entire project, both helicopters outfitted and the entire state covered geographically with downlink coverage, probably by, I'm going to say, April of 24. We are already doing this to a smaller extent right now just in smaller areas, uh, but this this project is gonna expand it through the rest of the state. In addition to the three helicopters, we have a fleet of fixed wing airplanes. We have 11 182s. Those are used primarily for traffic enforcement. They do not have the mission equipment on them that we're talking about. And then we have two uh, bigger fixed wings, a caravan and an air van that both have camera equipment. One of the two of those has downlink, but moving forward, Every one of the aircraft that we buy will be outfitted with this technology. That's our goal, not only to get the state geographically covered, 
we have a bigger goal of decentralizing our assets, moving them out of the Columbus area and into the local agency areas that need them more. So in the next few years, you're going to see a, a base pop up in the uh, Akron Cleveland area that can kind of support the Northeast more locally and one down around the Cincinnati area that'll support the Southwest more locally. That way we kind of push those assets out. Is there anything that I should have asked that I didn't? You know, when you look at the number of requests that we receive as an aviation department, and a lot of people don't even realize that the Ohio State Highway Patrol has an aviation section, but it's important to emphasize that nearly three out of every four missions that we do are not for us. They are for the local agencies. More than 70%, almost 75% of the missions we fly are for the locals, and we do that at no charge to them. And I feel like it's one of those things that uh, is just contributing to building partnerships, right? Like this is one way that we're able to help partner and support these local agencies. And from what I've seen in my career and then moving and moving forward, the partnerships are what's important, right? It's the partnerships that really make the details effective in each area. And that's what we're continuing to push for as we move forward. That was Ohio State Highway Patrol Aviation Commander, Captain Justin Cromer. And I'm Jean Destro. Thanks for listening. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. This has been This Week in Tech with Gene Destro on WAKR, brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton.